1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The
0: 11 to 1 show.
2: But ma'am, everyone in school has one. I'm the only one who doesn't have a phone. Sound familiar? When you hear this, do you think, oh, maybe I should just relent? How old should kids be before they're allowed a smartphone? More discussion on this after Madonna. You are listening to LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazil here with you. Madonna, like a prayer. I want to hear your opinion on this. 086 1800 658. And I think a lot of you might not like what I'm going to say because I'm going to come down hard on parents. Yeah. Because when did it become the case that kids are constantly Getting their way with things, particularly when it comes to accessing social media and using smartphones. And when will parents start taking their kids' safety and well-being more seriously and stop giving in when it comes to pressure to buy kids' phones? This is what I'm going to be talking about for the first half of the show today. I remember when my daughter was in third class, so nine, nine years of age. And the topic of getting a phone came up. And I said, nine years of age, wanting a phone, absolutely no way. So she was told from that day on that she could get one for her confirmation in sixth class and not before it. She was the only child in her class without a phone. Up until then, the only child in the class, in sixth class, till halfway through the year. When's the confirmation? It's near the end, about March, around that sort of time, March, April. And everybody else had the phone. Now, aged 17, she's not allowed on Facebook. She has an Instagram that we monitor here and there. Uh, She's not really allowed on TikTok either. When she turns 18 in January, she can be one on whatever she wants until then because she's an adult. Like, how many reports do people need to hear about the detrimental effect too much screen time has on our children? Being on social media for long periods accessing adult material uh, has on our children. Uh, trying out stupid and dangerous TikTok trends and the effect that has. Do we, like, how much of that do we need to hear before we actually take action on this? And I strongly believe that allowing young kids access to a phone, where they can look up, you know, what you might perceive as harmless, funny vi- videos, maybe is having a huge impact in the increase in social anxiety, their inability to mix well and socialise with their peers in the real world, and their constant, constant, mindless scroll, scroll, scroll. They're accessing false information about what's happening in the world due to the increase in conspiracy nuts that are spouting n- nonsense on these platforms. They're accessing dangerous information around weight loss. They're being bullied. They're accessing racist behaviour as well. Uh, This sort of thing being normalised and it's getting out of control. When you see eight and nine year olds and younger getting a smartphone, how are we allowing this to happen as parents? We have to wake up. We have to take responsibility for this. And it's just crazy that a child of that age uh, needing a phone. They don't need a phone. Give me a plausible reason why if a child under 12 needs a phone give me a reason why a child under 12 needs a phone and not something like that they are going to be the ones that are left out from their kids that's not an excuse I'm asking on the show today, do you have children under 12? Do you allow them a smartphone? Let me know. What's your views on this? 0861800658. A school in Wicklow, in Greystones in Wicklow, St. Kevin's. The parents of uh, the students there have uh, pretty much most, the majority of them have taken a voluntary pledge not to allow their kids to have a smartphone until they leave sixth class we could be all taking an example uh, from this, I feel. We're going to be discussing this as well with Alex Cooney. She is the CEO of the charity CyberSafe Kids. She's a lot to say on this, but I want to hear from you. 86 658 What age is appropriate? Do you think what I'm saying is nonsense? Do you not agree with me? Are you getting angry at me? I want to hear from you. 086-1800-658. Love you better now. Cheering Lego house messages coming in about our topic. What age is appropriate for children to receive a smartphone? Oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. We'll get to some of your messages just after the break.
0: Oh, the eleven to one show.
2: Well done for being a responsible parent, agree 110% with you, says Maria in Navin. I am asking you, do you think children under the age of 12 should be alleged to own a smartphone? I am firmly in the no camp. And Marie says, my son is nine and keeps asking for a phone. I have told him the day he starts first year in secondary school is the day he will get a phone. Exactly. What does he need a phone for before then? is what I would like to know. My daughter is 11. My son is nine. They keep asking, why don't we have a phone? 11 and nine. We told them when you go to secondary school, then you are allowed. But they keep asking us. Their friends own a smartphone and they make videos, play games, etc. All social media apps. So I think this is not the age to provide phones. And this is where the parenting and the holding firm comes in. Don't give in. Just because all the friends have a smartphone, I know you can feel sometimes they feel left out. But I am promise you, just hold firm with this because it's your own children's safety in, in the long run. And this is where this school in Greystones come in because they are showing kind of togetherness as parents coming together, signing up for this voluntary code where you just promise to not buy a phone until they finish sixth class very simple if all parents get on board then their friends you wouldn't feel that they were being left out but what about a situation where you are running late Jeanette, and your kid might get anxious and at least you can ring and say I'm on the way now look at first of all your child is rarely on their own under 12 without the some sort of company of an adult okay they could be in a friend's house they're in some vicinity where there's an adult around you ring the adult and say, I'm running a bit late or you just do your best to not be running late or you say to them before you go, listen, if I'm running a little bit late, don't be panicking. I will be there. There's a lot of things around this. You don't need a phone. We all didn't have phones at that age and we were all going to after school activities and everything else. And you waited until your parent arrived or you stayed where there was an adult that you trusted. Very, very simple. Keep those coming in. 086 658. Jeremy Kennedy, kiss me. We will get back to some more of those messages coming in. But I do have a competition all this week. And it's for the dog lovers. Yeah, I'm giving you the chance to win tickets to Dogitude. It's the Irish Dog Lovers Festival. It's happening on Sunday, the 28th of May at Causey Farm, Gurley, Fordstown, County Meath. You can give your dog a special treat, bring him or her for a really brilliant day out. But it's not just great fun for our four-legged friends. There's going to be live music across the day, a delicious food village, trade shows, expert speakers to help you get the best from your pet and lots more. So it's starting at 11am On the 28th at Causey Farm. If you'd like to go along, I have a pair of tickets up for grabs today. All you have to do is tell me the world's oldest dog is celebrating his birthday today. Is he 31 or is he 21? What do you think is the right age for the oldest dog celebrating his birthday? It is one of those ages, believe it or not. Is it 31 or 21? If you think you know the answer, 086 And we'll give you the tickets towards the end of the show. Picture this unconditional. Coming back to some of your messages about the smartphone. How old do you think children need to be before they receive a smartphone? Carol says, that's a great idea in, in terms of the school and uh, the pledge that the parents have made. Keeping them as innocent as you can for as long as you can. There's so much pressure on kids nowadays and I think social media is a lot to blame for it. Finally, somebody taking some uh, talking some sense. Parents need to take control and actually parent. Stop being your kid's friend. They need to be told no and that's the problem. No phone, I say, till secondary school. Uh, Sinead, our kids didn't have phones until sixth class. We stuck to our guns as well and it did them no harm, says another message. We are going to be talking about this further with Alex Cooney. She is the CEO of the charity Cyber Safe Kids. We're going to chat about this school in Wicklow and the pledge that the parents have made and we're going to get more of your interaction as well. 086 1 658.
0: The 11 to 1 show.
2: How old should children be before they're allowed to have a smartphone? Well, with a report from CyberSafe Kids revealing that a whopping three in four 12-year-olds own a smartphone, isn't it time as parents we examine the negative impact that this could be having on our children? Parents of a primary school in County Wicklow have come together and agreed not to buy their children a smartphone until they finish sixth class. St. Kevin's National School in Greystones, they've set up a voluntary code in a bid to keep their kids away from screens. I think it's an idea that other schools and parents around the country should adopt no doubt my first guest feels the same i'm delighted to have alex cooney she's ceo of cyber safe kids charity on the line how are you getting on alex i'm very well thanks for having me on great to have you and you know i was pleasantly surprised by this move by the parents of the kids at st kevin's national school i mean this is a huge step in the right direction when it comes to protecting our
3: kids Absolutely. And what I what I think is that it's encouraging a conversation between parents, which is absolutely what we need to be doing. Because I in certainly in our experience as a charity working in this space for the last uh, seven years, we're finding that lots of parents are just in a real quandary. They don't know what's best. They don't know, you know, when is the right time and so on. And they're in some cases giving in to pressure from their kids. You know, they're being told by their children. I'm the only one that doesn't have the smartphone. I'm the only one that's not being allowed on Snapchat. And it is really difficult for parents to withstand that pressure. So I would, you know, and delighted to see this kind of conversation being generated in the school community, you know, by the school, by the parents. Uh, and I'd really encourage other schools and other communities of parents to get together. It's a lot easier to go back to your child and say, do you know what? No, I'm not ready for that yet. Or, you know, maybe further down the track, we can have a conversation in, in a few months if you know that other parents are doing the same thing.
2: Yes, this is the thing. And 85% of the parents of the fourth class kids in that school have opted into the code, which is hugely encouraging news. There are a few, you know, it's a voluntary thing. People come forward if they want to. But it's fantastic to see that, that this huge uptake has happened. But talk to me about more statistics, because the report that CyberSafe Kids conducted recently, you know, there was some shocking statistics around this, uh, around young children and smartphone use.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, well as you uh, cited earlier on in the program, that, you know, we see quite a high level of ownership. Now, it's not just of smartphones, and we would always try and encourage th- this conversation to broaden out, because yes, smartphones are the most portable, and you can put them in your pocket and bring them anywhere, but what we're seeing is the kind of 8 to 10 year old children are more likely to own a smart, a tablet or a games console. And at the end of the day, these devices have the same power. They have that same ability to access the internet. So I think we shouldn't kid ourselves. You know, they, they are the same as smartphones in many ways, and children are able to access the same kind of content. So we do need to be thinking about this before, really, we decide our children can have their own device. And actually, I'd encourage parents listening to, to think about holding off for as long as they can, you know, maybe have a family device, one that they're, they're allowed to use at certain times, but hold off giving them their own device until you're really sure that they're, you know, Ready for that responsibility, and you as a parent are, respo- are ready for that responsibility as well.
2: Yeah, because, you know, look, my husband and I decided not to allow our daughter a phone till confirmation. She'd no phone at all, and she was the only kid in sixth class with this. And then, you know, now we find that, you know, this conversation, by the way, was going on in our house since third class, which is just crazy. She's now 17, so you're talking about a few years ago. But, you know, in my view, under 12s do not need a phone, Alex, and it really is up to parents to just kind of go, I I know that you're all your friends have it, but I'm th- this is the hard and fast rule in this house and just stick to it
3: but it 's a lot easier to stick to it if you know that a few other parents are, and that 's why I think what what 's happened in this school in Greystones is really encouraging because they 're building that community of support and I know from talking to other parents that they did feel tremendous pressure from their kids and and maybe also there was not you know there 's not always a thinking about what comes with that device it 's not a toy at the end of the day it 's extremely powerful, and we do need to really equip children before uh, they get at that more independent access with the skills, with the knowledge, and that, that, know- that support needs to be ongoing. So it's not just before they get the device, it's ongoing so that parental engagement, that parental involvement in, ch- in children's online lives is really important whatever age you decide as a parent and obviously it is up to individual parents and you cited and you earlier that 15% of, ch- of parents had decided not to sign up to that mm. code you know at the end of the day of course it's up to individual parents but we just really encourage the thinking the conversations the informed decision making
2: and I mean look you know what about the social media apps you know the Facebook the TikTok the likes of these things that are allowing these dangerous trends to ongo. who are allowing hate speech to happen on platforms who are allowing all of this is there some responsibility that we have to say lies at their door Alex
3: absolutely and I do feel that there is a huge onus on parents and their job is made all the more difficult by these companies because at the end of the day they are designing apps and games that our children are using uh, and they're designed to be as addictive as possible, to encourage as much engagement as possible, as much sharing as possible, as much connection as possible. And in a way, parents are having to kind of fight against that. Uh, and it's very, very difficult. You know, uh, you, we, we've often talked about how hard it is to get kids to switch off. You know, maybe yeah. they're playing a game and they're really enjoying it on their tablet and then you try and take it away, you try and end the game, and there's a meltdown. You know, we've, we've heard this time and time again from parents. It's just so hard for, to, 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 to take away the device. And that's because... What they're doing online is so consuming and absorbing that it it literally feels, you know, terrible for that child to have to end it. Mm. And that's not fair. That's, that's something that's being imposed on us by these, these social media and gaming companies. And I think that that is, is wrong, quite frankly, that we shouldn't have to, uh, you know, be be targeted in this way uh, with this very, very addictive co- uh, content. We need to really challenge that because it is absolutely making parents' more, lives more difficult. And, and they're also making vast amounts of money off the yeah. back of their users. You know, if so they're, you know, Making hay while the sun shines and not being held properly to account for it.
2: Completely. I completely agree. And, you know, I don't know if you've found this as well, Alex, but I find like kids, particularly the smallies, like they actually have no idea how to play. Like their imagination is kind of gone, you know. They're spending so much time on these screens. They're kind of unable to sort of interact. Now, I know COVID had a big impact on that as well. But some of the games that I used to play as kids, the kids nowadays are looking at you as if you've 10 heads. They don't know what you're talking about.
3: Well, I think this is where we need to talk about what, you know, the quality of what they're doing online. So in a way, it's not so much about how long they're spending online, or obviously, though, we do need to keep an eye on that. It's more about what they're doing, because actually, there's lots of creative, constructive, you know, educational things that they could be doing. Uh, They could be following a a dance class or a a cooking video and then trying to recreate it in their own kitchen. They could be having a conversation with a close friend or a relative, uh, you know, that's really rewarding. And these are all really positive ways of spending time online. And then there's the less positive ways. And we would really encourage parents to think about minimizing those things. So passive sedentary use uh, mm-hmm. for long periods of time is not you know, helpful or constructive for, for a young child or even a, an older child so I think it's about minimizing those sorts of things so the endless gaming that has no kind of uh, creative or problem solving components to it or you know it's just sort of shoot up games or you know the, the endless scrolling through social media where we're just comparing ourselves to others and, and you know these seemingly perfect lives perfect bodies, perfect faces and it can be impossible and we know you know that the research has started to come out, uh, information has started to come out. We know from, for example, from the whistleblower back in 2021, Frances Haugen, that you know companies like Instagram know that some of their services yeah. are harmful to, to children and young people. I think they found a third of girls of teenage girls were negatively impacted in terms of self-esteem as a result of, being on, you know, of using that service. So I think the more we learn about that, the more we should challenge and question it and say this is not okay for our children and young people.
2: Yes, it really is. And, and Cyber Safe Kids can help in a, in a huge way. It, there's a brilliant resources there for parents and children. You really sort of help us navigate the online world in a, in a much safer way. Tell us a little bit more about the resources that you provide.
3: Well, certainly that's what we're trying to do, so thank you. Um, we Well, we launched a campaign actually just a few months ago called Same Rules Apply, which was very much aimed at parents to try and support them. So it's a one-minute video to kind of get people thinking. And then we've provided also an, an a a digital guide for parents and it's really trying to cover off all of these topics, you know, uh, in, a, in a helpful, clear way. So we'd really encourage parents to go to our website, cybersafekids.ie, check out our Same Rules Apply campaign, check out that guide. We've also got loads of, of good, uh, good resources on the website. We also come into classrooms across the country and deliver sessions directly to children, directly to teachers and also to parents. So, if if any uh, parent or school is listening and wants to engage with with our um, our program, then just get in, in contact with us uh, through our office. So, uh, info at cybersafekids.ie, and we'd be happy to help out where we can.
2: Actually, there's a message coming in here just about schools, and you know, look, Sinead, uh, kids are spending so much time on the iPads and tablets and screen screen in in schools. You know, interactive boards, all this sort of stuff. Now, look, we're not saying. Get rid of screens completely like this is, you know, we have to accept that this is part of the technology that's coming into our lives. But what we are saying is that we need to control this, the idea of them having phones at such a young age. Plus, I don't know if if young children, Alex, are using devices like this in school, are they?
3: I mean, to some extent, they are, and it depends on the school. Uh, I Certainly, my own kids in primary school got a bit of access um, to d- digital devices, uh, but it was fairly limited, yeah. uh, to be honest. But I but I would actually say, uh, I, I'd actually pause for thought on that one, because at the end of the day, children are growing up in the digital age. Mm. That's just the reality. They are living out lots of their lives online. What the hope of, uh, the, the expectation that I would have in terms of digital use in schools is that it's positive uh, yeah. time. It's, it's it's teaching them about how to use these uh, devices properly, safely, responsibly. I, I would hope that there are conversations around this in the classroom. So we do absolutely need to equip children with digital skills, with digital knowledge, so that they can be safer online. And actually, I'm very concerned that our curriculum, in certainly in primary schools, is 20. It's more than 20 years old. It was launched mm. in 1999, so med- our media literacy content was is 23 years old, and that is clearly not up with the times. You know, it's pre Facebook it's pre-Instagram, it's pre-Snapchat or TikTok. So it is. it very urgently needs to be updated and it very urgently needs to be moved from being a peripheral subject to one that is more core because at yeah. the end of the day, these are core skills that children require because they are spending so much of their lives online. So I wouldn't discourage use in the classroom and conversations in the classroom. And I would also encourage that these conversations are happening at home as well.
2: Completely. Alex, it's been really, really interesting chatting to you. Thank you so much for all of that information. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Thanks so much. Alex Cooney, CyberSafeKids. CyberSafeKids.ie, by the way, is where you'll get a lot of information. Great idea what that school is doing. All schools should get on board with it. My rule was to wait until they'd made their confirmation. Yeah. And if they really wanted a phone, they bought it out of their confirmation money. Yes. Likewise in our house. So they were aware of the cost and they took much more care of it. That's exactly it as well. Once they get their first phone, that's it. It takes over. So the longer that you wait, the better. Thank you so much for that message. Very uh, good advice there as well. Sinead, my son and one other boy in fifth class are the only ones with no phone and mine won't get one until after the confirmation in sixth class. Same with the other kids. And thank you so much, Michelle. And it's just It's about holding firm, isn't it? It's about holding firm as a parent and doing what's right for your own kid. It really is. Uh, There's a lot more messages coming in. I will get to some of those just after these.
0: The 11 to 1 show.
2: Now it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy-efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 double seven double four double five back to 2013 and human stem cells are successfully cloned scientists have cloned human embryos capable of producing embryonic cell stem cells and today is barbecue day oh that's when you know summer has arrived that's rich savory smell of a barbecue floating through the air what's the weather like out there oh a bit dull but look at anyway you could take out the barbecue today it's barbecue day LMFM Northeast update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie Just back to a message here on the phones. Sinead, I've also always told my 11 and 12 year olds that they will not be getting a phone till they're 16. They have been, there's been many discussions about how all their classmates have one already, that they should have one by now. I respond with they can have one at 17. The reality is I have to get them a, a I will have to get them as they start secondary school. I fear they will be picked on or laughed at or worse bullied. I still think though it is too young. I wish if I could I would wait longer. I think secondary school is a good age because at that stage you know they are kind of you know out doing other things. They're away from you. They're away from a parent maybe. That sort of stuff. So you might need it. But it's about maybe having control. I used to always just kind of say I'm taking that phone now for a while you know and things like that you know even when she, when my daughter did reach the, the sort of 13 years that kind of thing um, but yeah look stick to your guns is what I say there's wet 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 love is all around news at 12 is approaching but after that Breeze gives us a diet option but will it take off and I'll be meeting the guys behind Tall Theatre they have a new show called The Wave that's coming to the stage this week
0: oh, the 11 to 1 show
2: Cadbury's chocolate, but not like we know and love. Cadbury's are all set to launch a diet chocolate, but will this take off? More details after Coldplay. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM Coldplay. Sinead Brazzle here with you till one. And something shocking is happening. I don't like it. The maker of Cadbury's chocolate is launching a diet version. What is the world coming to? Yeah, apparently. uh, Mundales, they've used plant-based fibres to cut up to 75% of sugar and fat. So all the nice things, all the nice things from Cadbury's are just going to be eradicated. Uh, The Daily Star are reporting about this. uh, They believe that the low-fat alternative will eventually become as popular as Diet Coke. I don't think so, Cadbury. I don't think so. You know, I mean, Diet Coke is grand, but it's nothing like the real thing, you know. And Cadbury's, like, you can't go messing with the milky goodness of Cadbury's. I, like, no. Why would you do that? You know, it's like when they introduced uh, salad into McDonald's. Like, nobody's picking that option. Come on. You go into McDonald's to eat fast food, to get a big dirty burger. You're not going in there for salad, you know, you know. I, and like when you pick up Cadbury's. From the shelf, it is a treat. You know, you don't want a low fat version. I don't think this is going to, I don't think it's going to cotton on at all. I am fairly sure this is a passing phase. Like, do you remember that bar as well? Now it was like a flight bar. Do you remember the flight bar is supposed to be like the healthier chocolate? No. Healthy and chocolate going together. I am not on board with this. It's called a treat. It's supposed to taste nice. Now, look, I know people and I'm definitely someone like this. Some people overindulge in chocolate, me included, me included on this. But, you know, I don't need a diet version. I don't need a diet version. No, 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 no. He says uh, as well, this guy, um, Mr. Van de Put, he is the CEO. Uh, Dirk Van de Put. he's the CEO. Uh, he says that uh, the new recipe is still not quite exactly the same taste. no kidding. And could take people some time to get used to. I ah, know. Just, you know, there's some things particularly something like Cadbury's that you just don't mess with. I'm not on board with this. A diet Cadbury's, would you try it? Would you, could you get on board with this? Let me know. 086-1800-658. Now let's see what else is happening in the world of entertainment. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app.
4: Hi, I'm Crossy. Michelle Rodriguez has been talking about stunt doubles on the set of the new Fast Movie. The franchise is out later this week in Ireland.
1: Well, well, no, I had a stunt double too. I mean, she's the one who flew out of the window, you know, because they wouldn't let me do that because they, you know, insurance never lets me do anything fun. Um, But yeah, I always have stunt doubles. I have uh, three. I have one guy who was a stunt double who did the most amazing stunt with the motorcycle. He did a back wheelie and a front wheelie to avoid, you know, this thing on the ground. And he's one of the only kids. He's a boy and he's really skinny so he could put on an outfit and look like me
4: certain shows on streaming platforms have paused due to the writer's strike in the US shows including Stranger Things Yellow Jackets, Cobra Kai and The Last of Us have been affected Chris Pratt and James Gunn have been telling us about their last day on set for Guardians of the Galaxy. The final movie of the trilogy
0: is out now. It wasn't an abrupt ending, it was like that was the last time we were all going to be on set together and then Some people would finish on one day, some people would finish on the other day. That was the last moment that we were all filming together. But on the very last day for me filming, I gave a speech and really just kind of a toast to James and to the franchise and to the crew and the cast and all that we'd been through. And it was very moving, sitting there with my brother and knowing that, you know, we were in our basement playing together as kids and this is just doing it with larger Tinker Toys. That was really moving. Zoe's speech really got to me and uh, Chris's speech was okay. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy.
2: The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. It's a hard no from us, judging from the messages coming in uh, on the WhatsApp. Don't be going messing with the chocolate. Absolutely no to diet chocolate, says uh, one message here. Ah, come on. (laughs) there's another one that's it just ah come on Uh, now one is kind of in favour I'm out of control so maybe a diet chocolate uh, with a disgusting taste is what needed it might stop me in my out of control chocolate eating look at I as a self-confessed chocoholic you know there's a few things in life that you can enjoy you know like just uh, you know go for it that's what I say I know it can be hard to stop the over indulgence I'm definitely like that but, you know, I, I, a diet chocolate's not going to change my ways. It's really not. No, no, I don't think it's going to catch on. It really won't. Phonics, have a nice day. There's a message coming in about Cadbury's and the diet chocolate. Sinead, if, if the children could do without the phone for the better good, you should be doing your bit with the healthy chocolate. Oh, touche, Harry. Touche. Okay, okay, I hear you, loud and clear. Thank you so much. That was after my rant this morning. I know, I know, I'm hearing you, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll try, I'll try, but it's not going to catch on, Harry. You know what I mean? They're going to be down so much in sales, uh, particularly if I stop buying it, you know. Uh, moving on, and an unforgettable theatrical experience that will leave you questioning everything you thought you knew. To the, It's coming to the stage this week. Tall 2 present The Wave. We're going to be chatting to Carl Thornton and Barry Morgan from Tall 2 just after these. Oh,
0: The 11 to 1 show this weekend.
2: Tall Tooth Theatre based in Drogheda are bringing an unforgettable theatrical experience that will leave you questioning everything you thought you knew to the stage this week as they present The Wave. Now it's based on the infamous third wave experience, a gripping exploration of the human psyche and the dangers of group think. The show will be performed this week at Drogheda Arts Centre from Thursday to Saturday. I'm delighted to have the two creators behind Tall Tooth Theatre with me in studio, Cahill Thornton and Barry Morgan. How are you
4: getting on guys? Good, yeah, great. Thanks for having us, on.
2: Great, great, great to have you. Now, before we discuss this new show, tell us a little bit about Tall Two Tears. You're on the go a little while now, a couple of years.
1: Yeah, so we set up in 2017. Uh, myself and Barry both came up through Drahid Youth Theatre at separate times. And, I don't know, eventually we ended up crossing paths and discovering that we kind of had a lot of the same interests, a lot of the same kind of opinions when it came to theatre and uh, interests. So we kind of said, well, let's give it a go and try and make something together. So we put on our first production I think 2018 yeah we kind of did a few
4: iterations of it and then did it the full kind of the full final version of it at the end of 2019 uh, and then we were lucky enough to become artists in residence in the Dread Art Centre um, uh, at the start of March of 2020 and then sure the world shut down of course so that meant the company kind of had to freeze for a while Um, and without that support from the Arts Centre I
1: don't know if we'd be here today like you know yeah there was a lot of kind of scrambling to be like let's make a podcast let's make an interactive Zoom experience and all that and it was great to have that space to kind of Explore and I suppose mm. kind of try out these things in a, a safe and supported way. Yeah. And
4: so, this is us returning to the stage you now with a, our first in person show oh, since, since 2019. Like, yeah, okay, yeah.
2: and you know, I hear that an awful lot from from uh, artists of all varying disciplines about how important it is to have, you know, support networks like that, like the Artist Residence Association funding from government. <laughs> I mean, I know it's very hard getting it, <laughs> <You don't laughs> yeah. tell me that. but it, it's so important Like to, to have that support as artists, absolutely. And, you know, you 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 guys are mainly creating shows sort of more geared for a younger audience which I love because you know I was brought to the theater from a young age and even sort of as a teenager but so often a lot of the stuff maybe went over my head I didn't feel like I could connect with the themes that's what you guys are all about.
4: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, I'll just jump in. Uh yeah, so uh, we really want the 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 kind of the ethos to be interactive and um, that's really what that it kind of joined us together about what the theater we wanted to make was that how do you involve the audience in order to continue that kind of that conversation? Because so often you can sit back and watch a show and forget it by the time you walk oh, yeah. out the door. So how do you, we kind of treat theatre almost like a book. The book's not going to read itself. You have to turn the page. Um, so a lot of our, our theatre for younger audiences is about that interactivity. Um, and now this is interesting with The Wave because this is probably the most traditional theatre that we've done because it's not interactive it's, it is you sit and hopefully you're going to absorb all these things that we're throwing at you because we're throwing a lot
2: Oh there is a lot because I've watched the 2008 German movie The Wave mm. uh, which is based around this idea you know about a, a history class basically where the teacher starts an experiment and uh, this is an experiment that has dire consequences for a students third generation from World War II in Germany so you know there's a, there's a lot to unpack is it sort of based around this idea?
1: Yeah, I think the German film has a really interesting angle to it because the the kind of thought of the experiment is based in like uh, the rise of fascism. And so the film takes the angle of these German teenagers in 2008 are like, oh, we're not doing a history project about fascism again. Come on. We're sick of hearing about, you know, the rise of Nazi Germany and all this. So we kind of thought, how can we make that about Ireland? How can we Mm -hmm. kind of bring it home, literally? Um, And with the centenary of the Civil War this year, like, we kind of thought about. How do we kind of ground it in today in not maybe necessarily draw the today, but in Ireland today?
4: Mm, there's plenty of really interesting adaptations because the true story happened in the 60s in the States. Yes. There's that German film. There's the German Netflix series. There's I think there might even be a comic book. There's, there's been a musical o- of it as well. Yeah, there's yeah. been other performances. So, yeah, we wanted to really make it about Ireland today and kind of young people's perspective on what's going on in the world around them. OK,
2: so take up the, the plot of this. So it's set, kind of, it's a, t- a TY class, which you would think, you know, the kids that take TY generally open-minded. They're moving away from sort of the traditional kind of study. So what happens in this TY class, without giving away too much? Yeah,
4: without and anything, <laughs> but uh, basically the, it's towards the end of the year. And, you know, if you're in, in TY yourself, People start to drop off, they're going like, oh, we're two weeks away, I might just knock them in for those last two weeks, you know. We're going
1: on holidays to Vienna for yeah, two weeks.
4: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff. Vienna,
2: what's what sort of childhood have you had, Carl? Yeah. No no Costa you know, Betty's table. No.
4: <laughs> Nothing but the best for Mrs. Norton's baby boy. Um so yeah, the teacher tries this history project to kind of keep them involved and have them stick around for the last two weeks. Um, but then accidentally kind of stumbles about this onto this kind of uh I suppose this disinterest that the young people maybe yeah. have about historical context and stuff. So the teacher's like, right, I'm going to try something. I'm going to get permission from the the principal to do an experiment for the last two weeks. Um, and so he starts to bring in small little rules in the class. They change the uniform. They has to address people in, in certain ways. Uh, and so the wave then starts to build and become its own thing. And um, it's about kind of, I suppose, building that group identity for the class Um, And the teacher is coming from a place of potentially, oh, I'm doing this for the young people, but he's getting something from himself, you know, so... It's that idea of absolute power, corrupt and absolutely, you know.
2: Yes, yes. And this is so relevant. Like all the themes that are explored in the wave and, and and now with this production are so relevant today. I mean, like, you know, this idea of a group mentality, this mob mentality. We see it in the streets of Dublin at the yeah, weekend. Yeah. Capital riots.
1: So relevant. It was funny, yeah, because, I mean, we've been talking about this place since 2017. Yeah. I think before we even set up the company, we've been thinking about, do we do it and set it in a school, site-specific or what do we do? And then, like, over Christmas, you kind of really hammered into the script In the few months since then we've been looking at going, Oh my god, this is really kind of Yeah. Have we manifested this almost, you know? Like it became like Yeah, it's become more relevant. It's become
4: much more relevant than even we thought it would be.
1: Unfortunately.
2: And, and what about the cast because you, you are dealing with a younger cast like what what do they make of the themes and they do, do they understand now this idea because look we all know you know of being involved in a group wanting to feel part of a collective but then the dangers that kind of goes into that kind of conscious mindset of oh well we're actually fighting for this cause now and is this actually the right way
1: mm-hmm. yeah like a lot of the cast would be alumni of the youth theatre as well who maybe have gone on to study acting or have studied design or are still kind of connected to the arts in some way and I think at the core of what we do because we're both kind of youth theatre practitioners we really believe in collaborative work so like everybody's always free to go oh actually can we try this in the rehearsal room because i think it'd be kind of hypocritical of us if we're doing a play on this kind of topic. to go no what i say is the law and that's it so yeah everybody's really kind of engaged and encouraged to speak up and voice their opinion in the room
4: what's great about the the characterization what the actors are bringing to it are those different perspectives like who's on board with the wave from from day one from Okay, the, and then some people aren't some people have to be kind of cajoled in some people rebel completely um, so we're seeing loads of different perspectives on the stage which is great
2: and speaking of the cast I better mention it we know he's listening in <laughs> I mean you know LMFM fan favourite on a Friday Niall O'Brien our own resident movie critic you have cajoled the man back to the stage and we can tell you that he's not playing a priest
1: <laughs> he is in fact not pr- playing a priest that's right um, yeah I don't know we must have something on Niall O'Ryan or because I don't think we do anything without roping Niall in he's there for emotional support mostly yeah. okay. but uh, he's just too great to have in the room to not have involved in everything we do I think
4: Yeah and like you know Niall yourself and your listeners will know him like he has a lovely warmth and uh, lovely energy Oh guys
1: <laughs> you're actually making my life
2: so much more difficult now I mean what am I going to do on Friday when he comes on it's going to be just like I'll have to give him more compliments No but no he is he's fantastic he really is and like you know people may some people who listen in regularly may not know that Niall uh, has been on the stage for, for many years but he was kind of uh, supposed to have one foot off and uh, one foot yeah. uh, so he's back so can you tell us anything about his role? Are you to reveal yeah, it?
4: yeah, yeah. So he's playing another teacher um, who's been roped in to direct the final talent show for the, the end-of-year talent show for this TY group. Um, now, his character uh, was involved in the Amdrams back in Khmer. They were runners-up in the qualifying round in 1998. <laughs> um, so he knows everything about theatre. So he's approaching it that way. Um, and like I was saying, Niall does bring that, that warmth and that loveliness, but also there's elements where, I suppose... Niles being able to push the character and see maybe the spikier sides of what, what does a teacher do when the lesson isn't working. Okay. So okay. we get to see other sides of Niall O'Brien oh, being I'm very Brian. Intrigued. Yeah. Very, very nuanced performance. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Really, really great work from Niall and the whole cast. It's brilliant.
2: Oh, fantastic. So, you know, you uh, are rehearsing this week, all set to go on Thursday. I did see some of the production stills. You have the the classroom, the desk. It brought mm. me right back. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so all, thi- all systems go. Everyone's all ready to go for Thursday, yeah?
4: absolutely fingers yeah. <laughs>
2: crossed
4: we'll find out Thursday there's, there's work to be done between now and then but we're getting there
2: uh, uh, do you know what I'm always amazed by when I do see sit on, in on rehearsals with people you know from tiers or companies and they kind of go oh look it, it's a bit of a mess but it'll all come together now I don't think it's a mess but I'm only seeing yeah. snippets and, and then it just does yeah. all come together on the night which is, which is fantastic is don't think
1: I've ever not gone oh just give me two more weeks yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. but you
2: can be tinkering around with something too long absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so what do you hope that people sort of take away from this then what do you hope resonates with audiences
4: I think it's uh, we want to the, to challenge an audience, I suppose, um, to question why. So why does this character do this? Why does this character react that way? And um, to look at maybe the the wider context of what the play is talking about. And um, so don't just think, oh, this is Mister Kelly, and he only he would do this sort of stuff. That idea that there is no one hundred percent good, one hundred percent bad. That it's about the choices we make along the way. So watch. The characters make these choices and would you make those choices would you agree would you not where would you step off would you join the wave if you're sitting there as an audience member when would you put up your hand and say this is enough or would you actually go along with it
2: yeah and it's that's exactly it isn't it it's about getting into that that question and letting that sit in your mind because what is presented you know you you, you will have experience of it people definitely like it goes right back to even things like you know peer pressure in school to smoke yes. or to to even let's play a prank prank on the teacher it yeah. all even comes into that simplified 100%. you know idea it really does now i think a lot of people will take a lot from it and it's a it's a really really interesting production i wish you all the very best with it thank you so much guys for for popping into me uh, Thanks very Thanks, Thanks. Thanks a million. Cahill and Barry there from Toll 2 Theatre, The Wave. It is going to be performed in Drihad Art Centre Thursday to Saturday this week. Drihad.com for all the ticket details. Oh,
0: the 11 to 1 show. With
2: oh, Another chance for you to get your hands on tickets for Dogitude on the way after Miley Cyrus. We will come. It's competition time and all this week we're giving you the chance to win tickets to Dogitude. It is the Irish Dog Lovers Festival happening Saturday 27th and Sunday 28th of May at Causey Farm. Gurley Fordstown County Meath from 12 to 5pm both days. Give your dog a special treat and bring him or her for a really great day out. But it's not just great fun for the four-legged friends. There's live music across the day, a delicious food village, trade shows, expert speakers to help you get the best from your pet. Even if you don't have a dog you can go along. Fun Starts 12 noon, Saturday the 27th and the 28th. Uh, so it's happening, Cosy Farm. I have a pair of tickets up for grabs. I'm asking you to tell me, the world's oldest dog celebrated his birthday, is celebrating his birthday. What age is he? Is he 31 or is he 21? Which age do you think might be right? Let me know. 86 1800 658 And we'll pick a winner very, very shortly. So 31 or 21, the oldest dog, what do you think he might be? 086 1800 658. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Bordgosh Energy. Replace your old inefficient gas boiler
0: with Local Heroes.
2: Visit localheroes.ie. KTF Housing Limited require a full time Combi Lift driver based in the Dundalk area. To apply, please contact careers at ktf.ie. And the Green Schools Programme requires travel officers to work with schools in the Laodha area to apply email or at org, or you can check out greenschoolsireland.org for more information. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie LMFM Job Search It's life flying without wings. Would you like a 200 euro Cabra Castle Hotel Voucher. That would be nice. Gilmore's Mercedes Benz dealers in Kings Court. They have teamed up with us to give you the chance to win this. I'm going to give you all the details of that. Plus, I've got music from George Michael on the way. The
0: 11 to 1 show.
2: Gilmore's Mercedes Benz, lovely sponsor of the show. They are dealers in Kings Court. And. They are giving you the chance to win a €200 Carbra Castle hotel voucher. If you head over to our LMFM Facebook page, the details are there on how you can get your hands on that. That's all, but thanks to Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz in Kingscourt. They are, this week, from Thursday till Sunday, hosting their biggest ever Mercedes-Benz sales event with the full 232 new car range and over 80 used Mercedes-Benz cars on display. So that's running from Thursday until Sunday. So to celebrate all of that, they want to give something back to you. €200, Euro Carver Castle Hotel voucher. All of the details can be found on LMFM's Facebook page. George Michael, somebody to love the live version. The world's oldest dog has celebrated his 31st birthday. Bobby, he lives in southern Portugal. He's a purebred Rafero do alantaju, I think it is. And uh, the Irish Independent reports that um, at his party, he local meats and fish were served uh, with extra. For Bobby, who only eats human food. So there you go. Apparently Bobby is finding it a little bit difficult to walk these days. No, kitten, what's 31 years like in actual, like what is, I don't know, in dog years. Uh, Failing eyesight means as well that he, he bumps into things as well, but he is... 31. And that was the answer to our quiz. Maria Mullen, not sure whereabouts you are in the northeast, but you are getting our tickets to Dogitude, the Dog Lovers Festival happening the 27th and 28th of May at Causey Farm. Don't worry, we'll have another chance for you to win on tomorrow's show. Oh! There's Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. That is our lot on the show for today. Coming up tomorrow. I'm very excited because Ireland's first female world champion boxer from Droida, Deirdre Gogarty, will be landing in Ireland tomorrow and she'll be coming straight in here to have a chat with me on the show. Do not miss it. That's coming up on tomorrow's show.
0: The 11 to 1 show.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods